Hey everybody, welcome to the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm David Van Bevers Jr. Yes, and uh, we have a wonderful, uh, another sort of roundtable-ish episode. We've got multiple people, not just uh, Dave and I uh, quizzing somebody else on uh, what they're on the show for, but uh, we got another show uh, with uh, two guests on it with us. We've got first, we got Don Hinkle. He's been on the show before. He's with the Missouri Pathway, and we also got our yearly dose of Daddy Van Beber. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing great. It's good to be with you. It's good to be back. Yeah. So you're you're in Kansas along with Dave, but you're not uh, you're not in the same place. So we've got uh, both Kansas and Missouri represented this. And so uh, if you want to, I know it's been a while since uh, we've had Don. So at last time um, we've had Don on the show, we had a wonderful round table where we had uh, um, some uh, free the States uh, and we had us and Don and, you know, Bill Askell was on the show and we talked about abolition and it's been a while since then. So um, I would like to uh, make sure, cause we've gotten some new listeners uh, with some things that we've been getting into on the podcast lately. And so for those guys, uh, Don, just give a quick little introduction of who you are. Well, I'm uh, Don Hinkle. I've been in journalism for 51 years. I started at WDBL radio outside of Nashville, Tennessee when I was 17 years old. And uh, little did I know at that time that the Lord would, uh, lead me on the path that he has, but uh, here we are 51 years later, and uh, actually, uh, Wednesday will mark my 20th anniversary as editor of The Pathway. Awesome. Uh, Right. I started The Pathway in June of 2002, and uh, the Lord has blessed to the point where we're now the fourth largest uh, circulated newspaper in the state of Missouri. That's awesome. That's awesome. We're, we're grateful to the Lord for his blessing. Yes. Well, thank you again for your service in that. I know uh, Tag Your It has, uh, you've made room for Tag Your It on a few occasions, and we thank you for that. And uh, we got to figure out a way to have another milestone or something big to splash <laughs> the pages of the MV, uh, of the pathways and everything. But yeah, uh, thank you for your con- continued service in that. And then also, as I have said, uh, another gentleman we have not had on the show in a while, but he has been on the show. We have, and you know, there's a relationship here. We have Daddy Van Beber. Um, we got two David Van Bebers on the show, um, senior and junior. So, uh, Daddy. Daddy Beber, uh, just let everybody know. Other than just being an awesome dad and uh, and and I guess a mentor to uh, the one of the co-hosts of the Tag Your It podcast, what else is it uh, that you could give everybody about yourself? Uh, I'm in July. I'll be married forty years to my wife Cheryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had five children, twelve grandchildren. Been pastor at Crossroads Baptist Church in Riley, Kansas, uh, for Coming up on uh, 37 years will be in November, and then and pastor at Fostoria Baptist Church uh, for uh, a while, 20, 
928 it's the time flies when you're having fun yeah, yeah and so uh yeah and i'm also i'm bible always been a bivocational pastor uh started driving a school bus in seminary and uh, i'm a transportation director for our local school district here in riley uh and so keeps me hopping and bopping Yes. Well, awesome. Well, guys, thank you uh, for coming on the show. Thank you for your time and everything. Uh, we want to, uh, since, I mean, this is the the last episode that we're going to have uh, before we end up, uh, I, I know I'm going, I'm going to Anaheim to the Southern Baptist Convention Annual Meeting of 2022 uh, to do some great networking, uh, hear what's going on and uh, be a part of the resolutions and all that kind of stuff with the SBAA guys and, and be there with my church and uh, eldership and everything. So this is an awesome show last chance let's talk about the uh dirty details um what's going on in the mind of uh, somebody that's a part of an ent- entity that's in the sbc and then what's on the mind of uh you know kansas pastor you know you you got a couple of small churches but you are just as important as uh, anybody in any sort of office uh when it comes to denominationalism so you know with that said i'm going to hand it over to dave and dave can kind of get the ball rolling on this Well, I was tipped off to a story in the Missouri Baptist Pathway that just posted about 10 minutes ago. The story is Guidepost Solutions releases LGBTQ plus pride statements. Now, if you're not familiar with who Guidestone Solutions is, that is the company that was hired to investigate the Southern Baptist Convention and their alleged mishandlings of the sexual abuse issues on May 22nd. They, of course, released a Twitter post saluting the LGBTQ plus pride. And that actually was here today that they presented Mm. that. Now, here is why this is an issue. And I'm shooting right out of the gate on this. Both of you are familiar with the um, with the sexual abuse response task force or the sexual abuse task force and the findings from Guidestone. Uh, My question is, knowing that the company that came in and investigated these things obviously functions from a different worldview, what should that do to at least cause us to look with caution at some of these things that they found? And uh, what are your just uh, initial thoughts, knowing that the company that we paid big money to, to do this investigation is also on the Trans revolutionary, um, trans revolutionary side, and whoever would like to answer first, go for it. From a, from a biblical perspective, I mean, uh, I, I think it's it's problematic that uh, you're you're looking to a company uh, for guidance, and yet this seems to be their standard, and it's a standard that contradicts scripture, what scripture would have us do as far as sexual ethics. I just find it um, disturbing that we are looking to a company uh, to advise us on sexual ethics, and yet this is their standard. And this comes on the heels um, of discovering uh, the legal team, the Bradley Law Firm, that is also LGBT friendly and has been celebrating uh, the homosexual lifestyle in a number of ways in in Nashville and in some other cities for many years. So, uh, I mean, as a Southern Baptist, as someone who looks to scripture for guidance, uh, I find find these deeply 
troubling. Not surprised uh, in our world to find somebody who isn't proud about immorality, and yet we hired them to highlight immorality in uh, in the convention. Uh, obviously, Don and I didn't hire those folks. We, we had no say in that. Uh, I think it's a good idea to check out folks that you're going to use and find out where are they at? What is their basis? How do they operate? Uh, you know, uh, how, how, how far down do you take that stand? You know, who am I going to use uh, to fix my car, to cut my hair, to uh, paint my house, uh, to represent me? Uh, if, if someone is out there uh, bragging about it and, and, and again, if you don't know, you don't know. But if you if they're if they've been that forward about it for a long time, it seems odd that we would continue to operate with them. I, I try to uh, love folks and be uh, if someone does me a good service. I try to go with them. Uh, but if they're doing something that is unethical uh, and, and and touting it as their great achievement, I, I, I probably usually try to go the other way. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you think, uh, you know, that basically there would be a worldview issue. I think Don's kind of getting there. There would be a worldview issue, the standard, um, you know, that could probably color. Are you sort of afraid of like knowing that, you know, is there something that's going to color, um, the results that might, you know, there, there might be things possibly that are correct. Um, and, and how to advise us, um, but you know, is there, is there, a, you think, is there a healthy fear in that, um, to sort of be afraid of the fact that, you know, yeah, we, ha- we do need a third party, you know, we don't need to do this in house because that does probably embellish a cover up. but, um, what, like, is, I guess, is that your kind of your fear is like, what is behind, um, what is their ethic behind and do we know that? And can we get a hold of that? I think, I think there's another thing here that ought to concern us and that we don't want we don't want anything to occur that would distract us from the problem that that exists in the Southern Baptist Convention. We have had people hurt, mm-hmm. and we need we need to lament that, and we need we need to be sensitive and respond uh, to uh, to the concerns that have been uh, 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 articulated. Um, but but I got to tell you when 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 it's when it's coming from someone with a worldview uh, that advocates uh, homosexuality, uh, I, I I'm sorry guys, but I I'm just not I'm just not uh, confident that uh, that that we're we're getting a good uh, we're getting good direction here. Hmm. If, if I'm staffed with people who who hate what I stand for. Mm. Someone's investigating me and they have a predisposition to say, well, I know where Dave Van Bever stands on the LGBTQ thing. I know where Dave Van Bever stands on abortion. I know where Dave Van Bever stands on a whole host of issues. Uh, and they're going to investigate me. They're going to be predisposed, I think, to look at things they might not look at. Oh, well, that's credible. Well, maybe it's a bad accusation. I don't like that guy. I believe every bad accusation about Dave Van Bever because I disagree with him on this, 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 and this. 
And so I, I wouldn't be, I'm not surprised that that's their mindset and, and their ability to it, to me, it, it just uh, puts a, a bad light on at the trustworthiness of anything they would say, well, we found this. Well, did you find it? Or did you simply a source you would have thrown out in another area? No, we don't like them. So we'll believe it. Uh, you tend to believe the worst about your enemies, especially in the world. And, uh, and believe the best about your friends. And if we're enemies, then they're going to say things or look at things in a different light than if they were thought, Hey, those are folks I want to, I want to, I want to do a good job for, but I don't have a, a, a dog in this fight. Obviously they have a dog in the fight. Well, thank you both for your off the cuff comments on that. Thanks a lot, Don, for the tip off. And I'm grateful mm -hmm. for Ben Hawkins for breaking this news. I think it is incredibly important and relevant. And it does give us a nice little preview into where I wanted to begin with this discussion was, you know, here I'm grateful to have an individual who works, who has worked in the mass media and particularly is a general editor for the fourth largest newspaper in the state of Missouri, probably one of the largest state newspapers in the Southern Baptist Convention, Don. And then my father, who is a bivocational pastor in a rural area, um, two kind of different, different perspectives, at least, but I think there's some similarities. Both of you, however, were actively involved in the conservative resurgence in various ways. I think I know that my dad was in Dallas in 1985 at the annual meeting. And Don, I imagine you were probably there as well. No, no, I was in the Air Force at the time. I, I was I was late arriving to the party, but I did arrive. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, but with that said, you, though, have a great yeah. knowledge and experiential knowledge of the conservative resurgence and played various roles, whether it's pastor, whether it's someone writing articles. Uh, as you look at the state of the convention going into the annual meeting in 2022, uh, what are your just overall generalized thoughts? And I know that's a broad question. So kind yeah. of take that where you'd like to go and whoever would like to go first. Well, 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 let me let me start out by, by uh, saying uh, what I what I did have a part in with the conservative resurgence. The pathway would not exist if it were not for the conservative resurgence mm -hmm. in Missouri. Uh, it was called Project 1000, but it's the same thing. It was just a uh, an outgrowth of the conservative resurgence in the Southern Baptist Convention that occurred in the state of Missouri. Conservatives prevailed in Missouri, saved the convention, and in the process established the pathway. The pathway is a product of the conservative resurgence that, that uh, came out uh, from the late uh, 1970s, early 1980s, and then spread into Missouri. Uh, so the pathway very much embraces the conservative resurgence. Uh, we very much pride ourselves in that. Uh, we take a very high view of Scripture. We believe in the inerrancy, infallibility, and sufficiency of Scripture. And it is our guide as a newspaper. And so we take that very, very seriously. So uh, I, I wanted to say that uh, right off the bat. Uh, uh, because I think uh, the conservative resurgence and the pathway are connected and will always be connected. Can They can never be separated. They are, uh, one is a product of the other. And so um, we are very, very grateful to the men and women 
uh, who were faithful to scripture and who fought that fight here in Missouri and saved the Missouri Baptist Convention from uh, theological liberalism. Uh, now to look forward and, and thinking about uh, Anaheim, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention is like an aircraft carrier. I think Richard Land may have used that term. Someone did. I'm, I'm stealing it. It's not the one I created. Um, but it's like an aircraft carrier. It's a very, it's, it is a humongous organization, and it tends to move very slowly. It's not, nothing's going to happen quickly. And I think that's probably wise, probably wise in this particular situation where I think everyone needs discernment. We need to be prayed up. We need to be uh, talking to the Lord and searching the scriptures and, uh, and, 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 and searching each other's hearts and talking to fellow believers and, and how the Lord would have us respond to the challenges that uh, are facing the convention uh, at the moment. But I have no doubt in my mind that Southern Baptists will rise to the occasion. We always have. I believe that, uh, once again, Southern Baptists will do it. But the challenges that we're faced with are different this time around. This is not, we're not fighting theological liberalism here. This is, this is, uh, this is, uh, 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 I think, um, a, a, a much more difficult uh, problem that we're faced with. And it is going to take great uh, uh, skill and, and um, uh, I think people are going to have to, I think we certainly need to be diligent in our prayer and searching searching the scriptures as to how the Lord would have us respond uh, in these circumstances. Uh, but just in general, there's no doubt in my mind that Southern Baptists will. We will figure it out. Uh, it may at times be messy uh, and unseemly. And, and and it it and it may be uh, even distressful at, at many points, but I think in the end, um, I, I certainly pray that we'll get it right. Hmm. I think the <clears throat> I think about the, again my coming. I graduated high school in '76. In college in 80, uh, the conservative debate was felt full on. Uh, I had uh, went to Midwestern Seminary. There were faculty there who taught with uh, Dr. Elliott and, his, and, and, and held him in high esteem. Uh, thought he got a bad deal. Uh, I didn't think he got a bad deal. No. It took a while. And I remember, in, especially even in college, and I first became even aware that this was a thing, uh, there were people, you know, fighting mad. They were angry. You know, why are we allowing this, this liberalism in our seminaries? And we're out, we're out, we're out the door. We got to go now. They can't fix it. Ichabod, the glory's departed. We're out, we're gone. <laughs> and uh, that happened with some churches and some pastors. We just can't. But in the end, the folks who stuck around and said, no, we're going to keep there. We need to, this is important to, to, to get right. Got it right. I, I think we did. Uh, does that mean... Someone might be in a seminary today who uh, might not hold to uh, what would be considered an orthodox idea of inerrancy. Yeah, that's sure possible. But it's nothing like 
you just had to have been there <laughs> at Midwestern Seminary in August of 80. And, and, uh, and, and it, it's, it's just a different world, guys. And so uh, there's so much that we have in common. Uh, there's no reason to, to form a circular firing squad yeah. and start picking each other off. Okay, let's, let's, let's work it together. And so I, 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 don't, I, I don't see a collapse. Uh, figure out the issues. Fight the good fight. Figure out what's worth fighting for, uh, and and but in battle again uh, with that understanding that we we're brothers. Uh, we're not trying to uh, kill each other, uh, and I, I think that's the I think that's going to be one of the keys. How how folks address one another, and uh, and how they treat one another. That's, I think I, that's, that's just something, something in the world. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something that needs to be said. What you said right there is not something that I hear a lot of people saying. Hey, go to Southern in 1978 and look at what's going on. And 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 you 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 went to Southern, correct, Don? I, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, I, I would imagine you'd say a similar thing. Go to Southern now versus go to Southern, um, oh, yeah. you know, a month ago oh, and, yeah. and listen to the last big conference speakers that they had or the people that they have speaking in chapel. Um, that would be a, a you do a, do a shot by shot comparison. Uh, you'll find a whole different thing. Again, I just had to sign my statements of, of faith for Midwestern. I have to get to sign them every year. I know just like your colleague Ben gets to sign them every year. Um, I imagine that there are a few people that would have signed those documents in 1980 that were teaching there uh, at Midwestern or at Southern. While they might have signed the uh, abstract of principles, they certainly didn't nuance it in the way that any of those guys who are teaching there today do. So, <clears throat> sorry, uh, forgive me on that uh, little cough there. Uh, I do want to jump to a little bit different question. You know, we've been really fortunate. We've been able to sit down with at least two of the three candidates, but all three of the candidates for the SBC presidency have been on programs like ours. Uh, my one question would be, you know, what do you think of these guys and, and their vision for the convention? Uh, we want to know, you know, uh, both Adam and I have have people that that we we really enjoy of those three. And uh, but we don't want to come out and say, oh, man, we've got to bias ourselves towards one person. You've listened to some of them, both uh, as a member of the media and a Southern Baptist and as a member of a, of a path of a church in the Southern Baptist Convention. Kind of share with me some of your thoughts on each of those three. I've only heard two, Mr. Barber. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not a lot familiar with him, and I haven't listened to him uh, uh, talk much. So I. I would be the other two guys that I listened to. Both you guys interview them. Man, I felt good about both of them. I wasn't concerned in, that either one of those people had any sort of uh, anything but the, the but the but hoping that God would continue to use the SBC to to reach the nations. And uh, so I felt really good about both those guys. I, I didn't have a, a qualm about either one of those two fellows. And again, I just couldn't comment on the other fellow. I know, uh, I know all three of them. Uh, Dr. Hannaway uh, was at Midwestern Seminary and was a source that the pathway used for several stories on evangelism and missions. And, um, so we know Dr. Hadaway from his days at Midwestern, very respected and very much uh, appreciated his ministry there. 
and uh, the contributions uh, he always made to the newspaper. So we're very thankful and very flattering, uh, very educated man. Uh, Bart Barber has been a friend for years. I've known Bart uh, going all the way back. He, uh, in fact, Bart came up and was uh, a guest at one of my worldview conferences that we uh, hosted at Hannibal LaGrange University several years ago. And Bart was on the program and he was tremendous. And I've, I've always uh, valued Bart's opinion and uh, considered him a friend. And he's been a friend of the pathway for, for many years. And then of course, as I mentioned earlier, I've known Tom Askell for more than 20 years. I've known uh, Tom through the Founders Ministry and through his writings and have just known him. I've known him. We've talked and visited many times at Founders Conferences and at other events. And uh, I just have a lot of respect for Tom. So they're all three very high quality men whom I would have nothing but praise and, and admiration for. Awesome, man. So I'm glad to, glad to hear that. Yeah, we did not get to get uh, Bart, Bart, Bart Barber on our show, and it'd be awesome to have a barber talking to a barber. But, you know, <laughs> we could have totally played that up anyway. Barber, barber and barber talking um, two different <laughs> senses anyway. But, yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Unfortunately, we didn't get to get to have him. It was wonderful to have Tom. And uh, it's wonderful to have a Hathaway on there just to at least have something for our listeners uh, where we we get to. Um, so if you if you're listening right now um, and you haven't heard those um please go back uh especially if you're going to anaheim or you're trying to like hey um represent me when you vote for you know whatever whatever it is um go back in the catalog look up uh those uh, two episodes where we had tom maskell and uh, hadaway before uh next week um but anyway um when it comes to these candidates though um you know they all kind of you know they've been asked the questions many many questions and uh one of the questions um is uh you know just some the issues of the sbc um because that's what a president does they got to appoint people and that's the again like this is the big ship idea to where it's slow turning because a president really doesn't get to do a bunch of executive orders and top down this thing but he gets to end up putting people in positions to then hopefully do a little quarter steer that ship within a year, um, the way that it works. But, um, but you know, there was, well, there was an issue uh, about SBC trustees and the training of new trustees. Is this an issue that we need to consider? You know, I'm not sure. I was a trustee once for uh, in Kansas, Nebraska at our state camp. Uh, I served in that. I, was on, I ended up being president. It's, it's, you just take your turn. You just stay on and you, you get, a, get a term as president. So, uh, you know, I, I, it's, I took it as a very serious position and, and we, we dealt with issues and, and I know Dave's been a trustee at an institution. Uh, I don't know if Don has, um, it is a, a slow turn. You know, when those conservative presidents were elected, they appointed that committee on committees who knew people who knew people who served to turn things around. So it is, it's a slow turn, but it, boy, it sure worked in the SBC. Um, uh, you know, we didn't have anything that big to fight about in our when I was trustee at Webster Conference Center. Let's keep the doors open. Let's keep kids coming to camp, and uh, you know, don't don't get in debt. That was our big issue. So, uh, but yeah, if you know the right people and you get the right people, man, uh, 
uh, I think Dave knows you can make big changes in an institution with the right trustees. And, and I'm sure Don has seen that time and again in his experience. Yeah, you know, this is this is an interesting issue that you've raised. And I, I, know, I know it's a, I think there's a, a future question on our list here, things that we talk, talked about in advance that will, might come up. I, but I want to, let's go ahead and, and, and dive in here. Hmm. Um, I have a I have a theory uh, that one of the problems uh, that I think uh, the SBC is faced with today is politics. Politics has become too important, I think, in Southern Baptist life, and I can understand it. Um, we had to use politics in order to get the convention theologically sound, to get the convention in a in a good theological position. And we did that and we succeeded. But the politics didn't stop there. Instead, we continued on with the politics. And I know it's very hard to do, but I, I wish there had been some way that we could have slammed the brakes on and said, okay, look, uh, let's let's dispense with uh, these guys running for president and all, and let's just all show up at annual meeting and let's just have nominations from the floor. Let's don't even know who's going to run for president until we get, till we get to the convention. Uh, just to try to um, lower the temperature in the room politically. And it seems that the, 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 the um, thirst for power and influence and politics uh, has just gotten to the point to where uh, it's, it's, I think, causing internal problems. Uh, I wrote a, I wrote a piece I wrote a column many years ago in which I called for the election of the Southern Baptist Convention president to largely become ceremonial. And in other words, what I was saying is we need we need to turn the temperature down on the politics within the Southern Baptist Convention. It's gotten to be too important. It's gotten to be, uh, you know, paramount in people's minds and all. So I, I don't want to belabor the point, but but uh, it, it does seem to me that we have we, we we played the political card we had to to get the convention theologically correct, okay? Because that's the way our polity is set up. It's the only way it could be done. But once we achieved that, I wish there had been some way we could have turned the spigot off. Uh, or slammed the brakes on, and and we didn't. And I feel like now we've kind of got us where we are. That kind of moves into the situation that we have at hand. I mean, the sexual abuse allegations, the sexual abuse tax task force, so much of this came to light last year in accusations against Mike Stone. I mean, I was there in Nashville, and I was just appalled at the things that were, at least to me, used as political props in order to persuade people and in order to change the tenor of the situation. 
Um, when we think about the sexual abuse task force and the way the SBC has handled this, I know I kind of came out of the gate on some of this, but but what are your thoughts on that as you've maybe looked through some of the reports, read some of the commentary on this? I mean, how do you think the SBC has handled that? Has it been correct? And, and what do we do going on? And I don't know if you've been able to read any of the recommendations, but if you have and you feel free to comment on those, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Well, the convention has a policy to not comment okay. on, on the current situation. So I want to honor that. I, I, I will just say this, our hearts are broken over the people who were hurt. And clearly people have been hurt mm-hmm. and that needs to be addressed. Now how that's done and, and how the convention moves forward are very important questions that this convention is gonna have to deal with uh, in Anaheim and, and going and going forward. I, I think because of how our convention is set up, though, it it is problematic. We, you know, we don't have a, you got this board here, got this board here, you got these seminaries here. And yeah, there is the executive committee and, and obviously they, they come out in this looking not, not good at all is, is what I've gleaned, but that still it's a, it's, it's an entity by entity responsibility. That's, that's how I see it. So if I, if I was president of a seminary and I, one of my faculty or someone in the seminary was behaving badly and I didn't do right, then, then I need to pay a, a price for that somehow. If I'm a mission board uh, area representative or a, 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 area, a president, how did we deal with that? And, uh, you know, are those allegations, did we do well with that? hold me accountable for that. So as a convention, since there's no, can't bring all the messengers today for that two days, it's okay, you are responsible for this. No, I don't, it's it's individuals who had positions of authority and then abused them, whether it was a pastor or a state convention president. I, you know, I, I, I haven't looked at all 800 uh, allegations, but I think we, we, we look at those entities and say, okay, who was responsible here? They're the one who needs to, uh, is this a serious, is it credible? Then the, they need to be held accountable. As a convention, uh, again, we we come in together, we go with the trustees and say, okay, it's your job, hold those people accountable. Uh, and that was true in the, when the seminaries were out of control and it, obviously need to, we need more control of those folks that we uh, appoint as trustees and directing those other entities. So um, yeah. If, if, if I do something wrong here in Riley or Fostoria, I'm responsible. Hold me accountable. Uh, but, I, and, but I don't know how I'm accountable for uh, some pastor in Texas sending his youth director down the road who fooled with girls. I, that, that's that guy's job. He, he, mm. he messed up. He hurt people. He injured people. He needs to hold the held accountable. I like that and appreciate it very much. Thank you both. I appreciate your comments. I know that's a hard thing to comment on, and I've tried to refrain from saying certain things, but I I stand behind what both of you guys said. You both have discernment and wisdom that I don't, and I appreciate your statements. I'm going to kind of turn the... turn shift gears just a little bit here because uh, the four of us sitting in our zoom meeting, there is only one who has drawn the lucky card to go to Anaheim. Congratulations, Adam. Lucky Um, card. It's called Providence, bro. 
<laughs> we're, we're not that kind of we're we're not that kind of podcast we don't believe in that like we got the transcendental argument we can't talk about chance at all <laughs> no it's it was yeah it was wonderful um you know i just i got the uh a text from my pastor is like hey you want to go uh the church will pay, help pay for it and i was like i'm honored <laughs> you know so this is my first big one so yeah i'm, yeah, I'm yeah. happy to go so it, you know you tell you guys should tell me you know that this stuff is important like the shows have been awesome uh for me going into it going like what do i need to look for you know what's embellished what is underrated um plus the sort of agendas that i'm it's going for in my sense, right right but, right, yeah. right right yeah. right it's it's the people yeah. i can tell you the best thing about going to the southern baptist convention are the people Oh yeah, it's. I'm excited. And all your friends and getting reacquainted with people you haven't seen in a while. It's just it's a it's just a wonderful thing, and that's what I will miss most about uh, not being there this year is 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 the people seeing everybody. Yeah, but yeah, Ben Hawkins. You told me Ben Hawkins is going to be there, so I've got another fellow NBC. Even though I'm like, I'm not like, I'm not an employee or anything, but I feel like I'm a part of the NBC just because I'm in the network at least, and then we've been to the building and I've been out to lunch with you, and you know, I feel like I'm definitely a part of the family. So, in, in that sense, but yeah, that's that's it's going to be fun. So, I, you know, it's a wonderful providence anyway. But yeah, Dave, well, continue. By God's providence, Adam is the one who is going to Anaheim. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I was able to go to Nashville last year. And I'm grateful that I was able to go to the annual meeting in 1984 with my dad, even though I don't remember it. And I'm glad that he was in Dallas in 85. All awesome things. But Rick Patrick gave us this really interesting piece. And it's something that's been kicked around for a while. And I'd love to hear your thoughts from both of you men who both obviously enjoy being physically at annual meetings. What are your thoughts regarding maybe doing some changes to the annual meeting in a maybe a multi-location type of event that allows people to digitally vote? Um, what are your thoughts on the the positives and the negatives of this? Are you opposed to it? Are you for it? Um, how would something like that work? And would that even be a beneficial thing? I I like I've only been to three conventions and uh, enjoyed them. My, my favorite, by the way, was the missions reports. That, that's the thing you don't want to. I, I love the mission reports. I, I agree with you, Adam. I, I cry when I watch them online. Uh, they're great. It's not that's, a joke. Yeah. So that's that's my favorite. Um, I like being there. You know, I mean, we, uh, we're Zooming, but I, I, I like people being in the building. And I think that's the best way to do it. And I say that as a guy who hasn't been, you know, since 85. And I don't know if I'll, if I'll ever get to go again, but if, you know, if my schedule, my time works, you know, uh, Lord Terry's and I get to go again, I'll go. And, uh, but I, but I think you need to be there. It's like, you know, we don't have ever since I've been a pastor, some, every once in a while, somebody will say in a business meeting, well, so-and-so wanted to be here tonight and they wanted to do this and they wanted to let you know that they wanted to vote for this. And I'm thinking and they should have been here, you know? And uh, I think that's true for the meeting. Well, this um, this will be the first one that I've missed in 22 years, mm. and uh, it's a little bit sad, uh, but uh, that's okay. Uh, I'll I'll be on Zoom watching and paying attention. Ben will be there covering it for the pathway, but um, but it's the yeah, it's and it's all about the people. 
Yeah, the mission reports are wonderful. They're always good to hear. They hear the stories of uh, the lives that are being touched around the world. You know, it's a, that's another one of the great things about the Southern Baptist Convention. I mean, we're, we're the greatest missionary sending organization in the world. I mean, that is an extraordinary statement, one that I don't think that we play up enough and uh, give the Lord credit and praise him for the way that he has used Southern Baptists uh, to, 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 to reach the world. And, um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll miss being there this year. I'll miss it. And I'll miss, just miss seeing the people. Yeah, we uh we got to talk to Rick and Tom Askell both uh you know and I guess you guys watched uh, those episodes but yeah that that, that good question of uh, what do we do um you know we're great commission baptists um you know we've we wanted that name change at some level um you know change it from the southern baptist and I'm like you know what a what a way to uh you know really stick it in the face of the the CRT idea of that's the reason why you should change your name um, but no, the thing is, we're Great Commission Baptists. We got Body Bacham. You know, he's a a product of the SBC. He's also he's doing mission work and all this stuff because of the SBC. And what a wrench he throws into the SBC because we have churches all across the world that you know should be involved. So you know, like that's uh, I think that that's the the gumption of the question is you know what do you guys think about uh, you know like it's 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 it's, it's a long it's it's a long turning ship. Um, but you know, you know, what would you guys think about, you know, just a worldwide, you know, we got to figure out a way to get us all connected together. Yes. The building is great. The people are great being in interaction with one another in real time, real life is a big deal, but we've got to recognize we're also, um, one, we can only do one location, um, with an organization that is affecting the whole world. And so, you know, um, what do you guys feel like, you know, the future, how should we turn it to where we actually have, you know, Z Zambian Great Commission Baptist churches um, meeting together once a year and voting to keep that uh, ship steered in the right direction? I'm not an expert on it, but I, I do know that in the individual countries, they do have fewer conventions and that's not always sweetness and light. Mm. Uh, there's, there's controversy and, 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 and argument and, and, and division at times, sadly, in those national conventions. So, uh, I, and I, again, being a, a local church, the autonomy of the local church, I think all that plays into how we're organized. And I think it's part of the genius of how we're organized. I do remember when the, when the Methodists were, were meeting a few years ago and they were trying to vote a change in their uh, bylaws to say it was okay for homosexuals to marry and perform ceremonies and be pastors. It was the, it was the overseas Methodist that stopped it mm -hmm. and said, yeah. uh, Hey, we don't need a bunch of white liberals telling us what the Bible says. It was the, mm -hmm. it was the, it was the Methodist in, in Africa and Asia that said, no, no, no. You, you, what are you talking about? It's right there. And so now they're still hashing that all out and it's not very pretty. So uh, I think we'll let the Zambian Baptists be Zambian Baptists and the, and the <laughs> Ghanan Baptists be the Ghanan Baptists. And uh, we'll do all we can to support our brothers but I, I, I got to tell you what, what, what I know about planting a church in Ghana. Uh, I know, I know a brother who's doing it and working with the Ghanese to do it, but I don't know nothing about it. I, you know, I can't speak none of that language. I, I'm culturally illiterate to that culture. Um, I, I like local and I like the way it's set up. It, you know, is that it's not written in scripture. It's just uh, the way we've done things. And 
imperfect as it is, it seems to be working mostly, mostly. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate your thoughts on that. I think that's great insight. Now, I did give you a list of a lot of questions, so I apologize <laughs> if we, we are going to run out of time. But So now I'm going to kind of do a little cherry picking from them, and, and Adam will also do some. Here's one of the things that is really kind of, um, to me, been something that I think is oftentimes not used or engaged as much as I think should be thought of. And, and that is about, you know, the state convention's mass media influence. And of course, I'm saying that with an individual who is obviously direct, uh, the director of one of the state convention's newspaper. Um, do you think that's something that we kind of fail to leverage our media power uh, as a convention regarding dealing with these problems? I mean, there's all kinds of social media chatter. But I mean, here we have some really big influence, the fourth largest state newspaper. Uh, are we selling ourselves short at times and using some of our impact to actually correct the narrative about the convention? I think, I think, uh, yes. Uh, but let me qualify or, or expand on that just a little. Um, <clears throat> the pathways main purpose is to, of course, tell the story of what Jesus is doing through Southern Baptists in Missouri. Um, but as we do that, uh, we want to do it uh, in a way uh, that honors him and would bring glory, bring glory to him. Uh, but also, uh, I would I would hope promote unity uh, in the family and a sense of purpose or uh, uh, purpose um, and uh, just a, a form a, a help form unity uh, uh, in the body and um, also provide it as the pathway name suggests based on Jeremiah 6.16, thus says the Lord, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. That is what I hope the pathway does is it points, it points us to scripture, to the old paths, to the right way of, 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 of living that, that the way Christians ought to live according to the scriptures. And so um, I don't know that we leverage uh, ourselves as strongly in doing that and accomplishing that as much as we should. I think the, the media, of course, here I'm in Kansas and, uh, you know, back when I became a Southern Baptist, we were a pioneer area still, you know, uh, it was a frontier, even though it's right next to, two very Baptist states, Oklahoma and Missouri. We, were, we weren't we were very big and, and influential and still our media force sources. So, <clears throat> you know, uh, I'm not sure how, and I'm not in the media business. I know we don't get a lot of publicity, but every once in a while we'll, we'll find ourselves, you know, there'll be a Baptist church that'll be a story, a positive story. Uh, in Kansas, I see as many, uh, now that uh, Fred Phelps has uh, left the scene, I see Baptist... Got 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 
in Kansas, there's more positive stories than there were uh, uh, negative stories. I mean, you couldn't, you know, he had a, a 15 rain, year reign of terror on, uh, or at least in, uh, in Kansas media when it came to the word Baptist. So, uh, we're, you know, you'll see a good story about a Baptist church, something they're doing nowadays, uh, every once in a while. Uh, how to increase that, I don't know. Who knows? There's some editor deciding, here's what we're going to cover, here's what we're not, and uh, how to break into that, I'm not certain how to do that. Don is a master of changing the trend. I mean, in the 20 years that he has been the editor of The Pathway, uh, that has been a massive time where print journalism has been dying. And yet he has, has, by God's sovereign decree, has made it so that the uh, pathway has just been blessed over and over again with continued expansion. And I'm always grateful to get my pathway uh, two times a month here, even though I'm in the state of Kansas, which is, is pretty awesome. So uh, let me change gears just a little bit more again, uh, continuing in the media concept, because Obviously, we're going to send this podcast out through social media. We think that social media is an incredibly important platform. While there are a lot of negatives with it, as I teach my students at Spurgeon, it's not something that you can stay away from. It's something you're going to have to engage in no matter what. Here's my question regarding Baptists and social media. You know, we had a resolution a few years ago on the proper use of social media for Southern Baptists. Um, do you think that we've failed? Uh, as a group of pastors and leaders as a convention regarding the use of social media in a positive and constructive way? Or are, are we just doing a great job with it? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, and, I, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know that I can, I can give you an answer. Um, I would hope that we would. But I would, I, would, I, would, I would say that the evidence suggests that the answer is no, that we have failed miserably in, in, in how we're to handle this, uh, especially when you think about Twitter. Uh, I don't do Twitter. Uh, it's for me, it's just a little too snarky. And I just, I'm, I, I, and being a journalist, I perform more dialogue and explanation uh, rather than just, you know, uh, a, t a tweet here and there. Um, and, and I think for me personally, my opinion is Twitter is an absolute miserable failure and is one of the most destructive uh, things that has entered our lives. Now, granted, uh, it's people who have misused it, uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like we have really failed uh, on Twitter. I don't know that we're much better anywhere else. There are attempts, I think there are attempts being made. And, you know, and, and there is good quality journalism and good quality uh posts being made on on sites like tag you're it uh and 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 other podcasts and other media it's not that there's not good media there is uh but man there's so much clutter uh you know it's tough i i think on on facebook uh 
before COVID, my daughter was going to Germany. She said, Dad, why don't you put your service on Facebook? So I set my little camera. Adam was always impressed with our production values. Hey, I, uh, I, I chimed in. I wanted to see what you guys were doing, at least to hear a song or two or something like that. You know, I'd chime, I'd see, um, you, you'd like, you know, you'd I think you'd put it on your, uh, um, on your podium or something like that. So like, yeah. you know, at the very beginning, I see you're like, you're right in the phone. And then all of a sudden you just like, I don't know where start preaching. I'm like, all right, all right. I'm in for a ride. So, so Hey, I got my stand. We got my high quality stand right here. Yeah. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you for the advice. <laughs> and, but you know, it's amazing the number of people who will comment. I saw your service on Facebook. So is it a, are we having a revival and we having to go into a building program because of all the folks who given their, their heart to Christ uh, on Facebook are now here? No, but man, it's a way to get the gospel out that I didn't have six years ago or didn't use six years ago. And so uh, I just had a, my wife had a great text from somebody that watches this and says, well, my, I can see this changes in my, in my, my daughter. Uh, we watch you every Sunday. Now I wish they were here. You know, I'm praying. I pray for the family every day. Uh, but you know, that was an encouraging thing. The, the mom says, you, you can't believe the difference in my daughter. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not me. That's the Lord. So if someone can tune in or, or, or watch Facebook and, and hear the gospel and, and repent and believe and then begin to say, hey, that preacher keeps talking about reading the gospels. Maybe I better read the gospels. And, you know, so that, I think that's probably and, and we're not the only ones. I mean, Lynn Valley's on uh, on Facebook. I, I bet I have over half a dozen churches that come on on my on my feed on Facebook, the people I know. And so I, I think there's a. It's not a resounding victory, but I think we're, we've made some impact there. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm a, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, so I you know it's it things are things are always looking up here. So that's well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for that. All right, I've got two minutes left, so I'm going to use all my time. I don't want to abuse your time. You're both incredibly strong pro-life advocates. You both have obviously not just not just voted for pro-life folks, you've supported, prayed for, uh, ministered beside those who are part of uh, the pro-life movement. Uh, and we're grateful for the lives that have been saved. Now, that's always something that I, that I want to make sure that I state. But here real recently, we saw in Louisiana that there was a law, there was an opportunity for abortion to be illegal in that state. I'm curious what your thoughts are regarding the signature of a member of the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, writing a letter to legislators there in Louisiana to say, don't stop abortion. Don't make abortion illegal in the state of Louisiana. And feel free you know, to be as brief or as long as you'd like. I'm just curious to your thoughts on that. Seemed odd to me. I, I, I would vote. If I, there's a piece of legislation that's going to do something do stop abortion. Let's, let's get it. If it goes down to defeat, well, we'll try again some other time. It, t- it took a long time to get rid of slavery. So keep supporting the, 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 but why did that? I don't know. Well, I'm thrilled that we have passed a law in Missouri that will ban abortion uh, as soon as Roe v. Wade is struck down. The, the day it's struck down by the Supreme court, 
It's the day abortion becomes illegal in Missouri. It will be banned. And I'm thankful that uh, lawmakers uh, passed that a couple of years ago. And um, we just look forward to the day when the killing stops. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, it is six o'clock, and I know you both are busy guys, and I am grateful for you. Uh, Adam, I'm going to hand things back over to you, brother. Uh, Take it away. Well, thank you guys, everybody, for your time. And again, this is uh, the last uh, tag you're it before uh, we end up entering Anaheim. And uh, whatever happens there, I know uh, Dave and I are going to try to have some sort of interactions uh, while we're there to post up at least. It might not hit YouTube, but at least it'll hit uh, Podbean anyway. And uh, it'll be on the, uh, it'll come up on your Apple or whatever uh, podcast app you guys are using. So uh, just be prepared for that. Hopefully we get to inundate you a little bit with some uh, cool things from uh, meeting with like Dusty and uh, Brett Baggett and some Free the States dudes at the abolition stuff or, um, heck if something just like comes up to my mind and i'm like hey i just met this dude and let's just talk with this guy about something apologetical you know just, we'll see what where the lord leads us um as far as next week goes so this is the last stop so uh thank you guys don and uh daddy beber uh for your time and uh, just the great discussion leading into all this sorry that you guys aren't making it um i wish i could be with you guys uh, but you know dave got to go last year and i didn't get to go so you know this is uh this is my year i guess i don't know <laughs> but it'll be it'll be a fun exploratory mission uh for me but yeah guys thank you so much for your time and uh the conversation and we hope that everybody that listens to this gets a little good uh, shot of edification and uh, uh especially if you're in the southern baptist camp you know help us uh continue to steer the ship uh by getting involved in your local association please it starts yeah. local uh be involved in your church mm-hmm. get your church involved locally with other churches through the association come uh be with me and i'm sure dave possibly could make it um to the state convention um whenever we're there if he's not if he's not able to be there i'll, come I'll hang be out there with me. i'll okay. be there sweet you know so dave i'll be will, in both the, actually all three the kansas nebraska and the missouri baptist sweet awesome so he'll come and hang out in missouri and stuff like that so come uh you know get, get so again get involved in your church if you're not um find it you know whatever your gift is uh, that your pastor is speaking to utilize it because that's his job and then that's your job because it's his job to do that and then you get involved and then you get involved with your uh your your gcba like we are our local your local association and then you come and get involved in the state and then you know whatever you can do in the national convention it's so that's the way that we work um that's what steers the ship and uh but uh, if you don't do anything, um, this, this ship is going to go down. Um, and the bad things are going to happen if you're not going to help, um, try to steer the ship in the right direction. So, um, but anyway, I will stop taking up all the time and talking about all this kind of, kind of stuff and just close out the show and say that this is the tag your it podcast. I am Ray Ray. And I am David Van Beber Jr. And we've got David Van Beber Sr. And and Soli. Hey, uh, Gloria!